welcome to No Plans to Merge. It's another episode. Yes, it is. Um, this is your host, Daniel. The other host and, is Daniel. Yep. Secondary host, Daniel also. <laughs> it's a difficult podcast. You can never really tell who's talking. I'm your primary host, Caleb Porzio. Yeah, I am your probably your tertiary host at this point, uh, Daniel Colford. For sure. We don't even know who the secondary host is. It's the user. It is the user. Yeah, that's correct. And this episode today is sponsored by... Uh, by uh, some fundraising stuff that we're going to do. Let me tell you about it. Um, all right, people, listeners, here's the deal. We never ask you for money. We don't even allow sponsors on this podcast. That's right. We extract no value from this podcast except for the value Intrinsic. of getting to see each other once a week and getting to build our network so that eventually we can sell you something if we ever have something to sell you. <laughs> <It's> today, <laughs> today, we have something to sell you, but we're still going to get no benefit out of it except for a warm feeling in our hearts. Um, I was scooting around on Twitter the other day, Caleb, as I am wont to do. Mm-hmm. You scoot around? Not as much lately, but yes. Okay. Well, I was. I was scooting around on Twitter, and uh, I follow a bunch of people from Nigeria, from back in the Laravel, Nigeria, like when I discovered all the people in Laravel, Nigeria. You um, got your... Your new What's Ibadaros. his name? Yep. And uh, your... And what's his, his other name? Tertiary network. Yep. Like this... Yeah. There are lots of people. Yeah. Lots of people. Anyway, um, one of my Nigerian followees... Um, retweeted this tweet and it was from this woman named ebby and she basically uh had in the past tweeted about somebody needed some money for college and they were able to like fundraise that person going to college and she's now done this a bunch of bunch more times um where basically people who are like (laughs) testing well on things or like passing with flying colors their exams but can't afford to go to college have been kind of like sending their transcripts to her and she's like validating their claims and making sure that they're legit mm-hmm. and then basically tweeting about the things that they need and has been able to fundraise a bunch of people going to school. It's this very cool like indie indie fundraising project, which I really admire. The other day she tweeted about this kid who's 19. He uh, is doing like generator repair stuff in some village in sort of the east of uh, Nigeria and... Uh, he wants to go to a technical school to learn sort of like electrical and mechanical stuff. Um, and he wants to do that, but his family can't afford to send him. And it basically works out to like 800 US dollars for a semester of Ooh. feeding this kid, getting him there, getting him like the tools that he needs to like take the course, paying his tuition, like all this shit. Stuff that like in the U.S. would be like eight thousand dollars at least yeah. for a, for Minimum. a kid to survive at a subsistence level for a semester. Yeah, uh, is eight hundred dollars. And I was thinking, we the no plans to merge community can easily produce eight hundred dollars for sure. <laughs> um, on one condition. What's the condition that he listens to every episode of our show, starting with the first episode of twenty percent time? I think he should start with the is PHP bad episode. <laughs> yeah okay okay uh that was such a fun episode that was back when we were into really clickbaity titles <laughs> now we're more into the obscure ones um so anyway here's the deal um i have a link um 
so as you might as you might uh, expect, it's hard to send money to Nigeria. <laughs> um, so there is like a website called like sendcash.africa, which is like a cash app alternative type of deal where like if you're paying in, uh, if you want to send cash like from the US to there, you can. Um, it's sketchy because one of the ways to send it is Bitcoin, but there is a way to like use a card and send cash. Um, Go on. Go ahead. Is there you look like, is there a way to like? Does the user have to send the cash to Nigeria, or the user? Uh, so the link that we have, yeah, is basically a link to give money directly to Ebby, the right. woman who okay. is who's auditing this, and then she's going to take care of like dispersing the cash to the kid and his family and stuff. So in case, just to like, so everybody has like the clear CTA. It's go to the show notes, click on the link. Yep, give go to the loot. show notes, click on the link, and give loot. Um, and I'll tweet the link also so that if you just want to go to my Twitter and find it, you can. The show will retweet my tweet, so you can go there to find it. You'll find it. It'll be around. Um, but, I mean, I'm thinking I'm going to give, like, $100, $50, something like that. Yeah, I was thinking, and, like, 700 all right. Well, there, perfect. <laughs> why did we even announce it on the show? <laughs> um, but like the rest of you people, like it takes like 16 of you giving $50 and then we just make this happen. And I know you got 50 bucks. Um, so smell. in the holiday spirit, let's send this kid to technical school. Word. Um, it's cool. His name's Friday Chibuike. Uh, here's what I have written about him from Ebby. He's a brilliant boy, but his family can't afford to send him to school. His brother and parents struggled to afford his secondary school education, though it was very tough for him and his family. He tried um, and did petty jobs to enable him to survive and finish secondary school. Looking at the circumstances surrounding how going through secondary school education occurred, Friday decided it would be better to learn a skill, which is generator repair. Once he learns, he would be able to work and make money to send himself to school. So he wants to go to secondary school later, but he wants to go to this technical school now to like sort of get into a trade so he can make money so he can pay for college is the goal mm-hmm. um the only challenge here is friday can't even afford the fees for the skills he wants to learn from the discussions we had with friday he wants to go to school but his family's too poor to afford to send him to school and don't see any way to do it um he would want to register into a technical school so the things he currently needs is a technical mechanic workshop to register in which they've got uh fees for technical school tools and equipment a stipend for upkeep accommodations which is like somewhere to stay i guess and then soft skills training which is like i guess like building a resume and basic like employment training stuff cool cool. so they kind of like balled all that up into a chunk of money and it works out to be about 800 bucks so what would be awesome is if you give money to this like send us a screenshot on twitter or something so we can like because i don't think we're going to be able to track right giving right right so it'd be cool if we knew whether we hit the 800 or not yeah totally all right and yeah, we'll shout that's... your name out on the next the next episode, oh. like they do with the machine. Like, uh, you ever see this the YouTube channel where the guys? It's called like somebody's machines, like Joseph's machines or something. Okay, he makes like Rube Goldberg machines. It's like wow. his whole existence. And uh, anyway, at the end of every episode, he just does something ridiculous while reading through all the Patreon sponsors. Nice, all the new ones or new donors, or whatever. And it's it's really funny. So we'll do that. No Excellent. machine. Oh, speaking of Excellent. ridiculous promises we've made, yeah, somebody's yeah. cashing in a song request. Which... I'm just gonna pretend I didn't see that. 
Ooh, I mean, we promised the song so long ago. Right, I what's the like statute of limitations on like a on a tweet? You know what we should do, <laughs> Caleb? Just so that we're in the clear. Just so that we're in the clear, we should first of all announce that hereafter song requests are void. There's no <laughs> new songs after right right now, right this right. moment. But right? we have to but, do that one song. But we you do have a guitar right behind you. Oh, can I do it right now? Just do it right now. Oh, do it good. on the show okay. and then and then we're done. <laughs> okay, what's it gonna be? Who's what's the guy's um, name? I usually have to oof. like work the name into the song. God damn it. Alright, I'll get the name for you. Twitter notifications song uh Elliot Shampoo Okay Elliot This one's for you Hey yo Thank you Elliot was that just the beginning of Lose Yourself? Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, Elliot. All right, there was your song. Now you've been paid for your review as our paid review shill. And uh, now the offer is null and void. So if anyone asks for a song, I'm pointing them to this episode. Yep. The offer is null. The offer is void. That's right. <laughs> uh, how are you, Caleb? Uh, very well, Daniel. Um, awesome. You know me. You know what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do know you. I live a split life. Mm-hmm. Half of my time is in front of a computer, and mm-hmm. the other half is it's wrangling giant fish. Yeah. Just kidding. Casting at giant fish. <laughs> Occasionally but, wrangling one. Yeah, it's a hoot and a half. Daniel caught me because I bailed on this episode today because <laughs> it's 53 <laughs> degrees out. In the most obvious out. way. In the most obvious <laughs> Right, like way. I didn't want to like make it not obvious because then I'm hiding something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like I woke up. It's 53 degrees out. It's been like 25 degrees. Right. And That's a it's beautiful degrees. out. I checked the flows. The flows are great for the great stream. And How do you check them? USGS. They they provide data for like every stream. The game service? Uh, G. Oh, I don't even know what USGS stands for. USGS is... Hmm. Is this easy to find? <laughs> US Geological Survey geological survey. science okay. for a changing world um it's a scientific agency of the u.s government study sure. the landscape of the u.s whatever so like every stream basically ever to my knowledge um has a usgs gauge usually it's on like a throughway bridge or something and you'll like you'll notice them if you know mm-hmm. and there's like a tube that goes down into the stream and they measure like cubic feet per second and gauge height and temperature and they just provide this stuff publicly in real time so yeah yeah. do they have little like 4g chips in them oh yeah i don't know good question i think somebody drives to the spot and like plugs in like a thumb drive every 10 minutes no i'm just doing yeah Um, i was like what how is that (laughs) that doesn't seem sustainable yeah i don't know how they do it like you think the postal service is having issues? Can you imagine the <laughs> fleet of people that it would take to like go manually check every stream in America on an hourly basis? Yeah, that would be a massive waste of people. But um, yeah, so and actually, uh, no person is a waste, Caleb. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Waste of a person's labor. That's they could true. be doing more productive things, like but 
I don't know that you could do, be, be doing more fun things. Could you imagine like that was your gig? Like you just I don't know. You're like I gotta drive to all the streams, check them out, see how they're doing. I feel like I do the same thing, except I catch fish sometimes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I feel like the better gig is just uh, to be an open source programmer and be able to fish all day every yeah, day. Yeah, and then have the luxury <laughs> of fishing. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so let, let's talk about fishing for the next half hour if we can. Yep. <laughs> well, you teach me to fish. So Austin um, Cameron, we need to highlight this guy. Big AC. With He's the dog a programmer in Laravel, and he was one of the first LiveWire users. Before LiveWire was public at all, he did a user test with me, and he was just like the coolest dude. And he lives in Montana. And so, uh, and his his avatar used to be him holding a big brown trout and so i was like huh does this guy fish turns out he does also he's a super cool guy also he started contributing to livewire also he's i've been like working with him like on like a freelancing basis and uh yeah and he's super cool so we hop on a call the other day because we have this scheduled like let's do some work call and we just talk about fly fishing for probably an hour and a half um what what, what's that cost you (laughs) right it's worth every penny to me (laughs) cool like for real i love like not feeling guilty about just wasting someone's time picking their brain on fly fishing he's way better than me he's he's like the guy could be a guide he's not a guide but like Mm -hmm. he's a real fly fisherman he's the kind that like goes to alaska and stuff like that oh nice and was like out of it like an hour away from the yellowstone and everything so he just like Uh is fishing the best place he's living it up he's totally living it up but um but yeah, but I went out today and I skipped no plans to merge everybody. That's where the story started. And I messaged Daniel. I was feeling real guilty, Daniel. I'm like, yeah, okay. He blew, you blew off the user. I'm like, the only thing I have to actually do today is something that isn't like sort of mandatory, you know? It's just yeah, like it's incon- not set in stone. Yeah. And in my mind, it's always like, we can miss a week here and there. No problem. Yeah. It's just it's like a problem every other we week. Miss- two weeks in a row. yeah then it's a real problem so in my mind it's like if we hit the last week there's a little bit of play you know yeah, yeah, yeah. but then i'm thinking like next week is we're starting to come up on christmas soon there's mm. a chance that we miss an episode soon so i'm glad that we're doing this episode right so like so i've messaged daniel and i'm like yo once i decide that it's too good a day to pass up the yeah. streams and i could have just gone out for two hours but come on you know what i mean yeah. come on yeah so i messaged deke and i'm like hey is it cool if we like don't record or like we could do later another day which is you know the way you phrased it was hey could we move recording today until after dark right (laughs) because that's what through my head was like so really the time limit here for me is the dark (laughs) so and the way you said it it was like i imagined it was a fishing thing but i was like there's so many other things you could have been doing right (laughs) that was like hey i've got to Right, my, so my your your first assumption was tanning. Was tanning. Yeah, are you tanning? <laughs> are you busy tanning? It's or like, like the first good day I can find. But like tan. you're doing, you're like working in the fields. Right, you know? I gotta tend the rabbits. Yeah, 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 whatever, whatever you're doing. Yeah. So I don't know. I just like that. I should start like things like that. I need more things like that where I can like vaguely request a delay on something in a way that makes people wonder. Mm. You know. <laughs> yeah, like. Uh, Yo, can we push this back 15 minutes? Um, or no, no, no. That's the thing. The yeah, time yeah. limit is like the place you can be vague. Well, like, like, if I, okay, so like here's like, Can we push this I'm back until... Lunch. I'm supposed to get lunch tomorrow with my friend Walter. Okay, right? yeah. So I think I might have... To, and we're supposed to have... We're going to get like to-go food from this place called Salsa's, right? Okay. Yep. 
I think a, I might a little Italian. Just like, yeah, I think I might just message him and be like, "Yo, instead of going to salsas, like, would you mind if uh, we meet sort of like somewhere west of Broad Street, just like arbitrary, right? Right? Yeah, that's good. That's, that's not good. like closer to my house. Yeah, right. Or Location. From, but, yeah, yeah, that's good. Just like I start like that. throwing like arbitrary constraints into things that really make people wonder like what's going on. In would your you be able life to wait that- till the first full moon to <laughs> to go out? Any chance we could push this back to the solstice sometime after the winter solstice? Hey, hey, do you think we could, uh, I know we have this recurring uh, sprint planning meeting. Do you think we could switch that to uh, date, just even numbered days? Right. Like, uh, that's going to work a lot better for me. Yeah. yeah. This is good, 12th Daniel. 12th is good, 14th is good, 16th right. is fine. <laughs> that's, we should do that. Yeah. More of those types of constraints yeah. in life. Yep. Oh, yeah. um, can I tell you a story about how I got mad at an electrician? Sure, yeah. Oh, I think it I know was, the story. It wasn't his fault, Caleb. Let, let's open here. Okay. It wasn't his I didn't fault. know HDMI cables do that. I didn't either. What's up with that, dude? Get your cables, wrong. bro. Well, dude, can I honestly... It you was got my those fault. one-way cables. It was my fault in several ways, Caleb. All right. so let Listener. Me just, okay. Let me just start here. Yeah, fill in the gaps here. So I want to wire my house for ethernet this weekend starting tomorrow word after lunch with walter i'm gonna start (laughs) wiring this house for ethernet right yeah and so i've bought all the face plates i've got all the ethernet i've got the crimper i've got the tips nice 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 and nice i've got a nice managed switch i got on a black friday deal for like 80 dollars cool i've got the whole plan for where all the ethernet's gonna run where the hub's gonna be i've run coax into a closet so that I can have the modem in a closet. Sweet. Everything's good, right? Yeah. And one of my major oopsies in my home is that I have these cables running down the wall from the TV to the to the various things that are plugged into the TV. Yeah. You know, it's just like ugly Squid cables. tentacles. Squidicles. And I don't like them. And so I was like, I'm going to put like an HDMI, HDMI faceplate behind the TV. Yeah. And another HDMI faceplate on the ground. So this or, is hardcore, by the way, because the Caleb solution to this problem is drill a hole in two places, call it a day. Right. But I was like, well, I've but got... But you're like, let's do this. Let's put in well, like... it's like I'm putting in Ethernet faceplates anyway, and I was browsing faceplates and I saw these existing. Okay, yeah, yeah, And cool. they're cheap, and I'm like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. Here are... Let me count the ways that I fucked up. <laughs> Um, so first of all, that is the extent of the research I did into HDMI faceplates. Right. Was seeing them on a list and saying, I want those and buying them. Yep. So I, I bought them. Great. Um, then I needed an outlet to be dropped into my closet where my router and stuff are going. Yeah. So that I can power them. So I had an electrician coming to drop an outlet for me. Dude, this and, is pretty intense. Like you, yeah. this is just interesting that your like brain works that way. That you're like, oh, I'll just call an electrician. And... Well, once you get a house, it's easier to call an electrician because you have an electrician. Interesting. Like, I feel like I'm either going to like tackle empowering. it myself or more realistically just like run an extension cord and call it a day. So I've always been running an extension cord guy. But like one of my primary drivers in buying a home was that I wanted to be able to do things like this. Yeah, yeah. And okay. it's been like two years where I've been doing practical things with my house. Cool, cool, cool. Like floors and shit, nice. you know? Yeah, And yeah. like, I'm like, you know what? What I have always wanted was to wire my house with Ethernet and have a network closet and yeah. 
You know, those are the reasons that renting sucks. Giant server rack. Do stuff like that, right? And so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do this. So anyway, I get the outlet dropped into the closet. And I figure while he's here, let's have him install these outlets that are power on one side, HDMI on the other. One behind the TV, one down on the ground. And then we will do that. So I have him in there. Then the day he's coming over, I realize, oh, dumb, dumb Daniel didn't buy long HDMI cables to run from one to the other. So dumb. And while he's here, I want him to run these HDMI cables because I don't want to crawl up into the attic and do it. And he's already going to be up there. So. Okay. I feel like I missed a step here. (laughs) Okay. Talk to me. What do you not I probably like zoned for like a hot second. I'm picturing a little outlet behind your TV that's wall mounted and then another one down below for a box. But we're talking like multiple floor situation. Um, no. Okay. So it's actually not just straight below. It's ah. about, six Oh, so you have to go right up and, over and, five feet down. and then so you back have to go down up, over down. Got it. Correct. All makes sense now. Okay. So in total, it's about 15 feet of cable length. Actually, it's 17 feet, unfortunately mm. of cable length that I need to get from one to the other. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, so you me, go to your local Costco. Actually, I go to my local Ace Hardware in this case. Okay. Um, just because it's so much closer and I'm he's already at my house and I realize I don't have the things I want him to do. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, no. So I get in the car. I go to Ace Hardware. What do they got? Three 30-foot HDMI cables. Done deal. All of them say high speed, which Great. seems good. Yep. Um, Gold plated. They're expensive. That must be but better. But I bought them. You know? Tell me I how much. I buy these three cables, like 170 for the three of them. Ooh unbelievable you got so then i bring them back to the guy there are also three different makes of cable okay this is just what existed in this ace hardware yeah yeah. this is what i bought come back hand them to the guy say here you go guy run these from this box to the other box and he says a okay daniel so then he does that he does all the other work i check all the outlets the power works and i'm like okay I'm not going to make him sit here while I like figure out the HDMI stuff. Cause that's going to be like a long process, but I see that they're plugged in both ends. So how bad can it be? Yeah. Right. He leaves. Then I realize that HDMI cables are one directional at that length. That's wild, man. Tell yeah. me why. So there's a technology they use called red mirror, which is like a signal boosting technology for really long HDMI cables. Okay. Because the longer the cable, the worse the the worse sure, the, sure, sure. the vibes are. Yep. And the so juice. for long cables, they use Red Mirror, which I think is some sort of like a signal booster or something. Red Mirror, who's they? Is this like the HDMI cable company? Like this is a technology Standards. baked into the Red cable? Mirror, Red Mirror is like a standard for uh, for long HDMI cables. Okay, and like who's who's doing the red mirror? So these are one of two of my cables are monster cables. One is like another company. They all have red mirror. Okay, so like your does your TV need to know about red mirror to be like, no, oops, there's it's like a cable standard. Interesting. It's a standard in the cable. Okay. Anyway, with red mirror cables, one end is to plug into your TV and the other mm. end is to plug into your outputting device. This I did not know. Tell me why it matters. 
I don't know. I mean, just because that's how these cables work. I don't know. I don't should've know the dug physics deeper, of Daniel. why it matters. You should have dug deeper. You want to read it? Let's hear. You're letting me down. Uh, HDMI red mirror. Red mirror like meerkat? What? M-E-R-E. Okay. What is red mirror? HDMI cables are... Oh, come on, come on, come on. What is Redmere? Redmere technology is essentially a chip within the HDMI cable that boosts the signal from the source device to the output device. This technology makes it possible for Redmere HDMI cables to do some things that conventional cables cannot. They have a higher top speed. Um, they can support 3D and 4K. Um, hmm. So it's basically just a way to get more data down the cable. Uh, high def audio, some other stuff. So they have... Yeah, it's a chip that boosts the signal. Huh. So my theory about this is that the chip, the boosting chip, exists in one end of the cable and not in the other end. Okay. You know? Gotcha. Yep, so yep, like, yep, yep. Or yep. Maybe, maybe one end has an encoder and the other one has a decoder. Right, right, right. Or something right. like that. Okay. All right, that's good enough for now. Okay. Um, so I find, at the end of the day... Two of the three cables are backwards. Okay. Uh, where the display end is but not that on one the cable though is not on the display side. But I do have one good cable going uh, from the base from the in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Then I go to plug some stuff in. Guess what else I didn't learn about HDMI cables? Hmm, let me guess. Do, um, do you know about HDCP? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't either. It is built-in DRM in HDMI cables that Ooh. exists. That Netflix player, HBO player, all these players on the Apple TV use to make sure that you're not just like yeah, typing plugging HDMI it into, into yeah. a capture card to steal content. I actually so know about whole, this. There's and a I... whole handshake process between the monitor and the player that happens. Yeah. And apparently my short cable from TV to wall, long cable from wall to wall, short cable from wall to Apple TV, something in that thing is disrupting the HDCP handshakes. So while I can get video over this device from the Apple TV to the TV, I cannot complete an HDCP handshake, which means no real content can be viewed on this. Dude, that is buck wild. Right. There is a thing I wish I could recall. If any listener, I'm going to like vaguely describe something. And my wish is that a listener goes, oh yeah, I've read that. And then tweets at me. There's like a blog post that somebody wrote. This is one of the greatest blog posts of all time, in my opinion. Uh Like a a tinkerer type guy. Needed to do something simple. And like made it his mission to make it the most ridiculously complex thing and blog about it. And it will destroy your brain it's so good and in it he runs across this problem the hdcp problem. yes and he like whatever he's like a hacker so he he's like wicked smart and does something mm-hmm. really fancy because his whole goal oh maybe his goal is to like it's to record something on video and like maybe it's like smash bros frame rate like like frame analysis or something i don't know but it's super intense and he like literally like cracks open hccp and just like mantles it and reconstructs it it's pretty ridiculous if anybody knows what i'm talking about please tweet at me i would love it okay okay yes that is wild and that's one of those things that like as a technologist you just think like wire 
is wire. Wire you know? is wire. Like, wire is not wire. Wire has encryption standards built into it. Wild, dude. It's a whole process. It's crazy. So, but you know what I mean? Like if some, if like a layman were like describing to me some problem related, I don't know. It's one of those things where I'd, I'd have to like suspend my disbelief for a second, you know, to go along right. with it. Be like, wait, what? There's like this thing? You know, you don't understand. You don't understand wires. It's unreal. That is okay, crazy. So Caleb, now I have, here's my problem. Here's my final problem. You got more problems? Yeah. Also, okay. my one working cable, in addition to not um, not working with HTCP, yeah. it doesn't work with 4K. Ooh. So That's a one-two punch. Here are the things that could be broken. My long cable run could not support 4K, even though it says it does, because of yep. the length of the cable or something. Yep. Uh, my short, either of my two short cable runs could not support 4K or worst case scenario, my outlet sockets themselves could not support 4K and it's two good 4K cables that get downgraded to 1080p by going through the socket. I don't think that should be true because usually those are transparent and have no chip in them. But anyway, to debug this problem, Caleb, requires me to... First of all, buy a bunch of expensive HDMI cables. Yep. And then second, get into the most uncomfortable part of my attic and continually run HDMI cables up and down and up and down and up and down while I test each part of the process to see if this is even a salvageable idea. Dude. And I'm sad about it. How do you feel about wall track? That like, you know, the stuff that... on the outside of the walls? Yeah. I don't like it. But Yeah, me neither. Here's what I'm thinking for now is I'm going to take these uh, HDMI plugs out of my wall yep. and I'm going to buy the one foot version of all the HDMI cables I want. And I'm just going to start setting up a little lab in my office uh, and like get the thing working on a micro level and then commit to rerunning all yep. the HDMI cables. This is the way. Which is what I should have done in the first place, Caleb, but I'm a big dum-dum and that's not what I did. And now that you can go on the internet, how cheap is an HDMI cable? Like a like of how like how long you said 15 feet these are or 30 feet? They need to be at least 17 feet. Okay. Um I had to buy 30 cuz that's what they had. Is it any cheaper on the internet like than yeah, not getting boned today's hardware? Yes. Okay. Everything is cheaper on the internet. Right. Um Actually, I could return these cables if it wasn't for the fact that my electrician broke the uh, housing on one of them. But that's a whole other thing. Sue him. Dude, I, this guy. Litigate, It's dude. not his fault. Don't stand Caleb. for that. Caleb, I have told myself a million times the last two days that it's not his fault. And if I hadn't, I would have been so mad and I would have done something I regretted, like a nasty phone call or something. Ooh. But the guy kept calling them HDIY cables. <laughs> he doesn't know. Caleb and I put him in this position of saying listen I know you don't know about these cables stick them in the goddamn wall <laughs> you know that is hilarious so it's not his fault Caleb it's my fault because I'm the subject matter expert on things that have chips in them yeah and I failed dude this is a this is a tangled web you've you've woven a tangled cable web yeah woven it right into the walls but anyway Caleb I'm convinced I'm convinced that within a month I will have this working I think it's possible because people do it all the time, right? Why should I be any different? All the time, Deke. Mm. Deke, anyway, you got that, this, dude. That's me. Yeah, I'm really I've sad been Daniel. This is this has been my troubles. Daniel, uh, I have a 
a like thought question for you. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing a lot of fishing. <laughs> I just, we didn't do the full half hour. So if you're cool with that, I just wanted to finish it out. Um, I have an idea and I want to know what your thought is. I haven't really ver- verbalized this to anybody, Good. but here's the thing. You spend a lot of time guessing where fish are. A lot of trial and error. Don't we all? And then maybe you catch one and then you think that's the spot where they are. But uh-huh. d- different days, who knows? Well, I fish, suspect. They move. That's one of the things about them. They do. They do. They go on the move. I oh, want to know the truth where the fish are. Mm-hmm. And there's one way to do this that the DEC does. There's electroshocking where you just shock the stream and all the fish don't die, but they float up. So you see like how many are in there and where they are and then they go back. Um, That's not an option for me. Can I tell you about my friend's thesis with beavers? Please do. I have a friend named Ian. Ian's great. Ian wrote a thesis on beavers. His thesis was, I'm going to tell you where there are beavers. And what he did is he basically found some data that exists in the world of uh like beaver dam locations okay right and it was all in some gis format that existed right what's gis gis is that like map map data format matt Matt stauffer has written a blog post about how to make it work in postgres and laravel great okay um david peace or peace 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 is listening to this right now and he's yes i just want to say hi to him he's mapped i do go on um, all anyway, he has all this weird GIS data on like where there were beaver dams and when they were there, yep. right? With a neural network, they basically built a prediction algorithm for beaver Dude. dams. And his thesis was, here is a list of places where there should be beaver dams. Now I will go and see if there are beaver dams there. And oh there my. were beaver dams there. So <laughs> he found beaver dams that no one had found before but that the machine told him should exist this is wild what what's so the input data for this flow. for this like the input data was network. this giant cache of like beaver dam locations that he found but like it can't be that like it's just like it has to be something about the locations to discover new ones you know well right so he knows that they're on this stream he probably has some information about like the speed of the river right he has some information about what time of year it was dude that would be crazy if it like right? knew like like little like waterfalls or changes in depth or like corners like angles and like curve of the yeah dude yeah it's a sick project though right like when he told me about this i was like that is sick i want tell me where a beaver dam is right now let's go find one in my neighborhood <laughs> yeah like so have the computer tell me where a beaver dam is because i want to see a computer generated beaver dam so beaver dams are like that's like an exotic thing like i've seen that on stuff and i mm-hmm. i know like i kind of know that beavers are like live near me but i don't yeah. really know it's the kind of thing like does that animal live here i've never like seen a beaver you know but right daniel right we were hiking earlier in the year and we're just like walking by this is the stream that i fish actually and what do we see this like muskrat looking giant muskrat looking thing like kind of float swimming in the water then the big freaking tail then we see the dam and so we're just watching this thing build his dam it was crazy this is literally we walked from my house i couldn't believe it 
It's like there's beaver dams in the creek by my house. It's just unreal. Hell yeah. I, I saw a tweet recently that was like, I love how beavers just see running water and think someone's got to put a stop to this. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is hilarious. <laughs> just like I bet huh. they have like some sort of a moral objection yeah. to a stream. Yeah, and they're like, like uh-uh, scrambling. Stop this water. Stop like this panicking. There's <laughs> like urgency and everything. Interesting. Yeah. Dude, beavers are interesting. I bet there's like a whole slew of interesting stuff on their like impact on ecosystems. Yeah, if you learn TensorFlow, dude, there's a lot yeah, there. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> oh, so okay. So this is a good segue because like maybe you can take me places I, I'd like to go. Daniel, I want to know where the fish are, you know? So this is what I'm suggesting. My suggestion is that you learn TensorFlow. And that's it? Well, like, you have to find some data about fish, right? But the cool thing about animals is that there's academics who study them. Yep. Right? And those academics publish their data and publish their findings and stuff. And so, like, you should be able to find somebody who studies this kind of fish that you care about, probably in the region that you're in, right? There must be someone at Buffalo University or somewhere university at buffalo it's so weird nyu at buffalo i went there though Um, i dropped out anyway there must be somebody somewhere near you studying these fish right and so you just got to find their data and figure out like where they're finding fish or the hack is you just make your own data and you start tracking every time that you go out like you make a, a little web app that allows you to just when you go out say on a scale of one to ten how good were the fish today where was i what time was it and like yeah so i've sort rest, of cons- you can get like weather data and shit like that from apis i do need to do that that i mean i've at least like thought that far into it like i should be i should have a machine that pulls from you know a, exactly what you're saying a usgs api and a weather api and knows like and even doesn't just know the current flow but knows like if if the if it's like decreasing and how fast because that matters you know like Mm -hmm. if a big rain came through and it's like dropping or whatever okay yeah and then like every time i get a fish or hook a fish or see a fish then i log log it and i log like the coordinates Well, not only that you should also log when you go fishing how long you fished for and how many fish you got yeah dude i should do this every time you get one but like you also want data on the your dry spells yeah, I do. I need to know time of year. I need to know everything. And I don't need to know the, the day of the week because the weekends are like hammered with fishermen, mm-hmm. fishing pressure and whatnot. And then all that stuff goes in. I've So I've thought this far through that I like could conceivably make an app where I just hit like, where do I fish today? And it's like, oh, go here. Yeah. You know? um, and that's really interesting. And that's good. And I should probably Call do that. Fisherman's friend. <laughs> yeah, right. Isn't that something? That's something for sickness. It's a, it's a lozenge. It's a lozenge. A fisherman's. Friend. I worked at a pharmacy, and it yeah. it's like amongst the shelves of like modern marketing, which is right. like bright colors and yeah, yeah. like uh, holographic a leave logo. Yeah. You have fisherman's friend, which just looks like this old freaking school. Like they never ever changed anything uh-huh. once. Mm-hmm. The little package is a matte finish. It's white. You love pure white. And it just says fisherman's friend and it's like real old school looking. I've always wanted to try one. Good. Well, now you're a fisherman. But like, I don't know if it's a throat lozenge or I like it is. It's chewing like an tobacco intense, packets. No, it's an intense throat <laughs> lozenge. I know. Um, 
Yeah, that's great. So yeah, Fisherman's Friend, that's what we'll call it. And okay, so that's good. The, the problem with that is that it requires me to put in, I'm already putting in the time, so it's fine. But it requires yeah. me to put in a lot of time to get like the more time, the more accurate, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's just so much randomness involved. So here's what you do. Oh, man. Here's what you do. You get with your buddies on the stream. Yeah. You get them to start adding data, too. So get this, decal. Mm-hmm. I'm on the stream today. Mm-hmm. I pull up to one spot. There's 15 cars. Actually, uh-huh. there's 16 cars. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go down. Like, I'll just walk farther. Fine. I get down there. Okay. I'll save you the 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 whole drama of the situation. I end up hanging out with a guy who I saw hook a fish when I first walked down and then I like left and got no fish and came back and was like, Hey, anything since it's been an hour. And he goes, no, nothing. Oop, fish on. And he's got a fish on when I come back. So I'm like, I'm just going to sit here and chill and watch you land this fish. And it was a great time. He didn't land it. It broke off. It was very sad, Mm -hmm. but we ended up just chilling for like half hour, 45 minutes. We had, we like sat down and just, so I'm going to go on because I have to fill the half hour. It's just crazy meeting someone who like spends as much time on the same stream as you do. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like I it was just I just found it really like satisfying. We're we're talking like fishing spots. He's like, you know that uh, you know like the the ninety bridge. Oh yeah yeah yeah. You know that hole that everybody. Yeah yeah yeah. You know that down tree like right above that hole. Yeah definitely. I know that down tree. You know, it's just crazy. Okay. Excellent. Enough enough with that. Um. So he when he starts to land this fish, I'm standing right there. He goes fish on, and then he goes GoPro on. And he's got a GoPro strap to his head. And I'm like, oh, interesting. That makes sense. Just trigger your GoPro with your voice. Cool, GoPro. Mm -hmm. And he breaks it off, whatever. GoPro end. Okay. And then while we're talking, he mentions that he uploads these things on YouTube. And I'm Mm. like, dude, what's your YouTube channel? He's like, oh, like nobody cares or knows, but I just upload fish I catch. Whatever. Uh, Name's Paul Connolly. (laughs) Throw it out there for those who want to see Paul Connolly. Uh, You have to search Paul Connolly fishing. So... Mm -hmm. Before this, before we started recording, I went on his YouTube channel. He posts these small videos of just him landing fish. Mm-hmm. And he's got like 15 of them or so. And it's gold because you can just look at the spots. <laughs> like I know the stream well enough that I could just see the spot he got it. And yeah, this yeah, is yeah. like super valuable for me because normally I just have to like Hawkeye people getting fish. Yeah. But I'm just like, oh, I now have 15 fishing spots. <laughs> yeah which is crazy so we gotta i gotta like find i don't know how we pipe this in as new well, you data need to find all the other guys on your stream who yeah. also are on youtube right because there's got to be more oh for sure a lot of guys have gopros yeah, yeah you gotta find their youtube channel yeah it and is mine that for data and find like cross cross section like okay all of these people have gotten fish in this spot right only ah. one has gotten a fish in this spot Okay, Daniel. So yeah. all of this is leading up to my grand idea, which mm-hmm. the gra- the real grand idea is something you're describing, which is something automated. But mm-hmm. I figure, what's to stop me from getting a GoPro, mm-hmm. sticking it on a rod, and shoving it in the water, like daintily, to not mm-hmm. disturb the fish? But like, why aren't people like shoving cameras in the water to look at the fish? Like a trail cam, but for... Yes. But for fish. Yeah, like... Honestly, there if I could be, just like trail, shove trail a camera, cams are probably waterproof, right? Trail cams. Um, I mean, they were definitely like weatherproof. I don't know if you could shove them in the water, but yeah, sure. I'm sure I could get a waterproof. Well, so here's the thing, Daniel. You, so you're suggesting like straight up trail cam it and like 
put something permanent. Yeah, or not permanent, but for the weekend, you know? Interesting. That's kind of crazy. You just get a trail cam. Well, so here's the thing. Trail cams are motion activated, which is kind of a difficult thing. Every leaf would like (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would want, what you would really want is a camera that has an SD card big enough that it could record about 48 hours of footage. Mm. Yeah, and just scrub through. And then you just stick it down there. And, uh, well, even better than scrub through, you get yourself some interns, Caleb. Oh, yeah. You hire some some high school kids. Unpaid interns. Or just pay them a little bit, <laughs> you know? And you get yourself some high school kids, and you say, you want a project? Here's what you do. You watch this video. Every time you see a fish, you write down the timestamp. <laughs> right? And yeah. then now you've got timestamps. Yeah. Could that be interesting. is interesting. Could be interesting. So what do you think about this, Daniel? And you, Here, stick here's in, my... you get five of them. You stick them in five different spots where you think. Right. That, I mean, that's the tough part is like, you know, interesting. It is interesting, Daniel. I'm thinking I could be even more effective with a straight up rod and a camera and yeah, a little like LCD in my palm. Like, uh-huh. a, you know, like um, a metal detector, but with a camera on the end. Mm-hmm. And I have like the LCD. I got my iPad. And then and I just gonna look in there and see if there's see yeah if there's fish and it's like part of it is okay so so the ethics of this like I am not I'm interested in this in this making me a better fisherman I'm not necessarily interested in like oh there's three fish let's hammer this spot you know what I mean because right, right, right. that could be a little lame what do you think right, about that, that that's like hunting with a thermal scope yeah exactly <laughs> which yeah. when I've been when I've been hunting like I remember sitting there in the tree stand and being like why haven't we figured this out? Like, why is there no like helicopter with like, like what there's gotta be ways with technology that I can like know exactly where all the deer are. You right. know? Well, so that's, it's the difference between having a thermal scope, a thermal lens on your trail cam versus having a thermal scope on your rifle. You know, yeah. it's like, give me it's all the technology a when subtle... it comes to like aggregating data. Right. But when it comes to the actual to the hunt where like... I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. get the thing like it's got to be me in the me in the situation. So, you know, what I need, to, I need to do is not bring a fishing pole when I'm collecting correct information. That's in fact, you know what key. you should do instead? You should bring a clipboard just so that people out there know that you're just a. Yeah. And like a, a high vis like oh, like high vis uh, vest. Yeah. Right. You and got then, a hard hat dog. Uh, I actually do. Yep. <laughs> I don't know that the hard hat might not give you any more credibility i mean with the hard hat then i'm like impersonating <laughs> impersonating who though someone someone you, important. could you get a hard hat that just says science <laughs> <laughs> yeah i probably could deke yeah i think that's important so daniel yeah so how do i do this what's the technology here like gopro on a fishing rod can you look at gopro footage like in real time or can i like yeah can you like pull it out of the water and look at the back of the gopro and it'll show you you can play it back you can do that like gopros have screens gopros have screens okay in my like vague recollection of gopros they used to not they're they used to okay they had a screen but it was like like a liquid crystal screen you know they have screens well, liquid crystal is just, that's what the LC and LCD is. Every screen is liquid crystal. I don't what know do what you, you call mean. like a calculator? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what do you call that? that? Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. It's not. I'm going to Google it just in case I could be like, haha. Liquid um, crystal 
display. This little LCD. <laughs> and a giant Samsung monitor shows up, but also little calculator monitors. What's up with that? Okay. Mm. Okay, anyway, okay. Okay. Um, you can do that, Caleb. And that's what I would suggest that you do. Okay, Deke. Get yourself a GoPro Hero 6 or whatever the new one is. And yep. uh, get yourself a stick. You're thinking of Big Hero 6, Daniel? GoPro Hero 5, GoPro Hero 6. No, I think the latest one is the Hero 6. Maybe okay. it's a Hero 5. Anyway. A Pixar movie. Get yourself a stick. Get yourself one of the mounting brackets for the GoPro. Okay. S- attach it to your stick. Yep. With zip ties, preferably. Yep. Um, And then you get to stick in your stick in the water. Yeah. Okay. All right, dude. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Like, I don't need any, like, real-time monitor or anything. Yeah, I mean, I could just do, and I could even just, I mean, a guy can dream. I could even just go home and look at all the footage. Now that we've made the distinction that I should do this without a fishing pole, I don't need the real time feedback. Correct. You just want to see where there were fish when. Yep. I want to see how they behave. I want to see what rocks they're under. Why, you know, like. What are they doing? What are they getting up to? Yeah, like, do they like to hug, like, under rocks or are they in, like, like shale bottoms or, you know what I mean? I need to know. Yeah. And I need to know how they feed, like, do they move far to feed or do they just like see something right in front of them and just nab it, you know? Yeah. This is what we need so to know. How clear is this water? All depends on the day, bro. Could it's be like two on. inches of visibility or like three to four feet of visibility. You want to, you want to get out there when you got three to four feet. Yeah. Interesting. And that's, you're right. That's what, the interesting part the is it changes their behavior when it's really clear. Everything changes. So, Oh, does it? Yeah. What do they do different? Well, usually it's low when it's clear because like a rain comes and brings in high water and a bunch of stuff. Sediment and dirt. And then it settles down when it's lower and then it's like crystal clear. Um, right. But that's, so I that's when it's just, fishing it's, it's super hard. It's moving slower when it's lower. Yeah. Um, yes. The and things the fish... that make it cloudy are also the things that make it fast and high. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah. And all the fish, they just change. Like when it's higher, they have all these new little pockets. And when it's lower, they like all huddle at like the few deep pockets, you know? Mm-hmm. So I kind of need it all. But mm. this is good, Daniel. This it's going to be really hard good. to record anything useful when it's high and cloudy. Yeah. So it, there's probably some happy medium. Yeah. Some little like in the middle that I need to go and shove and my Unfortunately, stick fish in are cold blooded, so you couldn't even do anything with a thermal camera. Yep, that is true. That is true, Deke. Deke Medeke. Interesting. I wonder what infrared would do. I don't know, dude. I mean, what do you mean? You're just looking to see, like, if I could get some little temperature change, a little bit of, like, green blob action. Yeah. I'm just interested in, like, what, like, if there's, yeah, if there's anything that you could do with infrared. Because I think you can get infrared cameras. You might even be able to get infrared lenses for the GoPro. So what's up with infrared? Because like I, when I was a young lad and uh-huh. like hacking random like electronic stuff, like just cracking stuff open, I probably found this on like, I don't know, one of those those blogs or websites me and you probably used to frequent. Um, you could like webcams, uh-huh. you can like point a remote control at a webcam and see the light, you know, see the infrared light because it's an infrared LED. Okay. And uh, and I remember like at one point I, I like cracked open a camera and you can take the like filter off the little like infrared filter and then it's like really sensitive to infrared. Mm-hmm. 
So that's like night vision and stuff like that. Like that kind of like infrared night vision is when like there's a giant infrared light on your camera and your camera Mm -hmm. can see infrared, but it's Mm -hmm. not showing you like heat. It's not like the infrared kind of camera that shows you when somebody farts. Infrared are different. So what's up with thermal? So that's not what you're describing. Well, I was talking about both. Right. Okay. So thermal wouldn't be of much use because fish are cold blooded. Right. Right. So you're not going to detect a heat signature. But I'm wondering if you could do... So the thing with infrared is like infrared is the slowest moving light wave, right? So it's like big giant waves. That's why it's so low on the spectrum, right? You have infrared is the lowest and ultraviolet is the highest. Think about like a rainbow spectrum of light, right? Right. Uh, So it's light that's so red that it's invisible. Yep. Right? Um, So... I'm just wondering if like infrared might be able to like cut through some of the visible haze and see. Oh, interesting. That's kind of what I'm saying. Cool. So, like, maybe yeah. in a situation where there was a lot of visible haze, you would still be able to using infrared, um, like see through that. Right. Yeah. Because okay. You've got these big giant waves of light right, 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 of right. These tighter waves of visible light. Yep. Okay. So that's just what I'm thinking. I have a question for you on that note. Yeah. Polarized sunglasses, familiar? Yeah, always. Always. How do they work? Okay, here's how it works. Um, you imagine, know? Do you yeah, know? Yes. Yeah, I know exactly how it works. Um, you imagine you take a... Um, well, you know, you're a photographer, Caleb. You should know this. Um, Don't tell me what I am. Were, you were a videographer. I'm a failed videographer, Daniel. A failed videographer. So you know the polarized filters that you stick on the front of lenses, right? Right. Uh, you know, okay, I do kinda, but like not really. Like, yeah, the filters, the ND filters, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways. I don't know more than like I had one, but that doesn't help me. Okay. I know that. Okay, maybe this is what you're getting at. I know you can like stack two, and if you turn them, like that, like presumably there's like horizontal lines on each of them uh-huh. that when they line up you can see a lot, and when you cross them you can see a little. Right. Correct. You're working in the right direction. Okay. So imagine, Caleb, imagine you took a bunch of toilet paper tubes. Okay. Right? And stood them up so the the hole is touching the ground. Yep. Right? Yep. And you just grouped a bunch of them together, right? Yep. Into like a circle-ish shape. Yep. Right? Let's say 40 toilet paper tubes. Yep. In like a circle standing on end. And then you took a big thing of duct tape and you like wrapped it all around so that you basically now have like a, a disc made up of toilet paper tubes. Yeah. Right? Okay. If you look directly through these toilet paper tubes, yeah. you're going to be able to see basically Everything. as though they're not there. Yes. Right? But if you take one step to the right or one step to the left, you're going to be able to see a lot less. Right? Because... The light, the visual light coming through the toilet paper tubes is going to basically not make it through on an angle because of the length of the tubes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the basic principle of polarized sunglasses. Okay. So inside your polarized sunglasses, there's essentially a grid of little dividers. Okay. That are preventing light from moving sideways, but are allowing light to move in directly straight. Yep. Does that make sense? It and does. And so the reason it decreases glare and things like that yeah. is that glare depends on the diffusion of light inside your glasses. 
So let's say that I don't have glasses on mm-hmm. and I'm looking at a stream and it's a sunny day. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing like glare all day. I can't see, I can't see anything. Right. And I put polarized light, sunglasses on so and you're it's seeing much light better. that's bouncing, even if it's not bouncing directly into your retina. Yeah. You're seeing light kind of bouncing at all sorts of different directions. Okay. Right. So then polarized sunglasses basically makes it so that you only see the light that's bouncing straight in. Mm. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, it, like loosely, like I, I'm understanding exactly everything you're saying. And I think that is the, the most complete answer mm-hmm. for the question. But I'm like still kind of like. And so like the reflections you see with the naked eye. Yeah. You're you're seeing light kind of going in several general directions. Okay. Right. Yep. So you're seeing light that's coming into your eye from a 30 degree angle, light that's coming into your eye from right. a 20 degree angle. Let's, so if you put on those polarized sunglasses, now you're only seeing the light that's coming into your eye from the direct angle of the thing that you're looking at. Gotcha. Which means okay. you might only see 20% of the glare that you were seeing otherwise. Perfect. Okay. That's Here's good. what I don't understand. And this is the thing about polarized sunglasses that I want the user or the listener to explain to me. Okay. Why is it? That when you're wearing polarized sunglasses, you can see those waves in the back of car windows. Mm. You know, I haven't you'll noticed see a car this. in front of you, and you'll see like almost the, like, like you can Technicolor see... like whooshes. Yeah, but it's almost like you can see like the strong and weak parts of the glass. Oh, like it kind of looks like you are. You're able to tell like where where there's like high pressure in the glass and where there's low pressure in the glass. Interesting. When I have my sunglasses on from fishing and I forget to take them off and I'm driving and I look at my LCD, uh, mm-hmm. liquid crystal display, mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with the, on your calculator <laughs> the acronym. Or... No, 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 no. This one's like, like you could watch DVDs on this one. Yep. So when I look at that display, that's kind of like, well, it's not crucial to the car, but it's like, who's calling me and what music yeah, I'm listening to. Yeah, but you see the Technicolor dream colors. I can't see it. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, I can't see the screen, basically. It's like incredibly dark. Like everything, right. I'm wearing the sunglasses and everything's pretty normal. It's just like sunglasses. But when I look at that, it's invisible. And I'm like, what? Why can't I see? Oh, yeah, I have my polarized sunglasses on. So I wonder if you like shifted your head to be straight. Yeah, in front like of maybe it. if I like moved right in front of it. You might be just looking would... kind of out of the corner of your eye. Oh, oh, if I go like full on to the LCD, that's yeah. a good experiment. I got to try that. And like also try moving your head to like right, like over right, your gear like... shift. Like moving your head between the seats. Right, right. So that okay. you're looking straight on at the screen instead yeah. of looking from the side. Interesting. Because who knows, maybe they like also like polarized some glass that's in front of that screen for that's some what, reason. That's what I would like think that there's some... Maybe it's like, like double uh, polarized or something. Yeah, there's some interference that's happening. Daniel, I have a segue to another uh, interference wave related topic. These are my favorite topics, Caleb. So this one's right up your alley and you actually probably know a lot about this. Probably don't. Um, Okay, so uh, this is Cousin John, who's been featured on the show quite a few times. Yeah, I hear I'd love I've the said, guy. Yes, you would love the guy. Cousin John, uh, he sent me... Okay, so he sent me a picture the other day of... What was it? It might have just been of like... Maybe... You know what? It was just a text. He's like, okay, so you know a shotgun mic, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And without the, you know, the muff or whatever on, you got a shotgun mic. How does it cancel out you know so well how do you describe that pickup pattern of a shotgun mic 
Yeah. So it basically doesn't pick up audio from the sides, but it only picks yes. up audio from the end. Yes. yes. And he's like, how does this work? And he said, it's, you know, purely um, physical, whatever. It's like no property of the actual microphone sensor thing itself. Correct. And uh, so he's like, how does this happen? And so I took a stab at it. And I guess the the knowledge that I don't remember if he gave me or if I just know from shotgun mics, like there's these slits on the side mm-hmm. of the tube. There's a mm-hmm. tube. That's important for people who don't know. A shotgun mic is like a little mic thing, but then a long tube. And then there's slits on the tube. And yep, there you go. You got some slits on yours. And so I took a stab at it. And it was, I think I, I sort of basically got it. And I imagine you would too, but maybe for fun. How does a shotgun mic work? Why do those slits? Here's my guess. Okay. Right? Um, so let's just ignoring the slits on the tube for a second. Let's just say the opening on the front is so that you can get the audio from the front of the mic, yep. right? So the opening on the, so for people who don't understand a shotgun mic, it's a little microphone receiver with a long tube in front of it. Yeah. Like a PVC looking tube, like a marshmallow shooter with PVC looking tube Correct. thing. Yeah. Like a one inch tube. <laughs> We could just say that we we have these words to describe sizes. <laughs> One inch is a little big, actually, but okay. Okay, three quarter inch tube. Better. Sitting in front of a microphone. Yeah. Right. So it's like a foot long, three quarter inch tube in front of a little microphone. Yeah. Um, and so there's a little hole in the front of the tube, and so obviously it's going to pick up the audio that goes down that tube. Right. Um. And the goal is that it won't pick up audio that's coming in from other directions besides where the tube is pointing. Um, so then the question is, why are there slits on the side of the tube? So obviously there is the front of the tube, so it's going to pick up whatever's going in the front, right? Um, and then my reckon on the sides is you don't want the audio to like bounce around in the tube. Mm -hmm. Um, like, like, you know how, if you yell into like, a a long tube, you get that like (laughs) weird echoey audio thing. That's so fun when you're a kid, like didgeridoo style. Yes. Yes. So, like, that's my reckon, is that there's probably a bunch of, like, sound dampening material on the inside of that tube. Okay. Um, And the slits are basically to allow audio that's coming in at an angle to escape. Okay. And maybe there's some way that those slits are engineered where audio doesn't come in very well, but it can co- it can go out very well. Okay. So, like, so in w- with your line of thinking, like, let's say there's no slits. That's good. That's not good for the audio coming in because it's going to bounce all around. It needs right. some sort of escape hatch, so we make the right. slits. Yes. But then, because of the slits, now audio comes in from the left and right. So maybe they're like, maybe like, there's some sort of like two-way mirror of audio. Right. 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 That like that, makes it unfriendly yeah. to audio coming that, in. That like but the slits are like out. offset on each side. So if like it comes in one side, it'll hit that slit on the other side and bounce back or something. Something. Yeah. Okay. I don't exactly know, but something okay. like that. What okay. was your theory? Yeah, so I guess um, I think that that was where my mind went first. And then I thought uh, I actually kind of pulled out my knowledge of light and the double slit experiment. You've heard of that? Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Uh, You want to walk the user through the double slit experiment? I don't know so much about it. Okay. I know that it was a way to like to prove uh, like electron entanglement somehow, right? Not to my knowledge, but it okay. I, the, the it was like a way to prove that light behaves like a wave as well oh, right, as a particle. Right, right, right. And so the the best way that I've seen this described, like before we even talk about the double slit experiment, this is really cool if you can like find a visualization of this. If you're on like a pond and it's totally still 
and you have two, I don't know, basketballs and your hands are really big so you can palm the basketballs and you put them out in front of you and you start like oscillating them on the surface of the water at the same exact rate. Now, if you just had one basketball, the ripples would ripple out, you know, at a like a predictable pattern because you're going at the same, you know, whatever the resonant frequency that you've made. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if you have a second one right next to it and it's they're competing waves, you know, there's like two waves kind of like clashing. Mm -hmm. The pattern that forms is super interesting. There's these lanes of zero wave and then there's these lanes of double wave because the way the waves intersect it's like when a wave hits another wave at the crest, it amplifies that. But because they're offset, when that wave hits the other wave offset, when they're like alternate, like halfway, the, the crest meets the trough, it cancels it out like perfectly. This is so you can do this. Work. Is that right? Yeah. Explain to me that. They have microphones on the outside. Okay. This is how active noise canceling works. So basically they have microphones on the outside that are picking up the world around you and then playing the inverse of the world around you into your ears. Sick, dude. Yeah. I, I like knew there were microphones and I knew that it did something, but I sort of like had this weird idea that it like shot like sound out of itself or something. That makes no, no sense. No, no, no. It it's, does the opposite. It so just plays the inverse that in weird your pressure on your ears when it's on. Yeah. Because there's actually a lot of audio playing in your ears, but you More hear than nothing. you hear. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Daniel. Daniel, that's really good, bro. Yeah. Okay, cool. so perfect. This is exactly that. So the double slit experiment, you can perform it like with a box and you cut like two tiny little slits in the box mm -hmm. and point it at the sun, let the sun come through and look at the, uh, I don't know, I guess you're looking inside the box. You have a window into the box and you're looking at the sun pass through the two slits and show up on the other side of the box. Mm -hmm. So you might think that there's just little two kind of bigger slits of light. Yes. That's, you know, but that is not the case. There's actually like a little rainbow and, and the, the rainbow kind of like, uh, like there's little slots of darkness and it, it just kind of like starts off really strong. So it's like rainbow strong and then it's like darkness and then less strong and then darkness and then less strong and it fades out. Uh-huh. And this proves exactly that thing. So the dark spots are where they intersect and the, the light cancels itself out. The, the two slits, you know, the light right, waves right, right. coming from. And the and rainbow then, is the whole spectrum going up. Yes. And the, the reason that you see the color is because why would it be that? Oh, because like. Because be, it's some of it's canceling out. Most of it's Because it's like white out. light, but like slow. Yeah. Like white light canceling out white light to make it slower in some spots. Yeah. yeah. So you're getting these that different colors. Yeah, so that so I said like, is it like the double slit experiment that these slits on the side, the audio coming in, it just like breaks up the side audio and makes it cancel itself out, just like the double slit, except it's a bunch mm. of slits. And he was like, yeah, that's exactly it. That's it. I mean, full stop. Like that's how mm. shotgun mics cancel out, uh, whatever you call that angled audio. Interesting. Isn't that freaking cool? That is cool. So then I was like, dude, you should freaking get like a like a paper towel roll and put it in front of a mic and see if you can like confirm this yourself. <laughs> That's so cool. And he's like, okay. So then a while later he sends me back. He got a piece of PVC and he dremeled out these slits. He looked up the original patent for the shotgun mic mm -hmm. and like measured out the distances and cut it. And he said it kind of sounded like garbage. So then yesterday he sends me another picture 
where he got like a piece of copper tubing and it's like all like settled out. It looks like a shotgun mic. Nice. Anyway, so he's iterating on his own shotgun mic, which this I think is, is pretty So badass. Caleb, you know what I've just realized? What's that? I have slits on the side of my microphone. Probably you for do, the same yeah. reason. Yep. Right? Probably. But I have my slits facing up and down instead of left and right. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much better my audio quality would be if I had them facing left and right so I wasn't picking up echoes from the left and right sides of my room. I don't know, dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. I think I'm going to play around it, with that. Is it? Um, is there any reason... Like, is there any proper orientation of that mic or you just like happen to orient it that way? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a cylinder, so you can kind of orient it however you want. Right. I know. I'm just like curious. Is there like a logo on it that like suggests that it should be that way? No. Dude. I thought it just looked good this way. You should turn it. Yeah. I'm going Everything to. will change. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. We'll see. I'm very excited about this. Uh, if we were really funny, you would like do it live and like talk inside of right it now. and Here then talk less loud listen, as you listen, turn listen. it. All right. So now I've turned it. So now it is, um, now it's left and right. It's right. a, so hang on for the, for the user. So now, now it's left and right. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. start in the center and then I'm going to go all the way from the left to the right. And you guys tell me how it sounds. And then I'm going to turn it 90 degrees and I'm going to do it again. Okay. okay. Yep. And the listeners will clap and we'll vote and see which one is better. Yeah, that's very important. Okay, so now I am fully on the left of my microphone and I'm coming around, coming around, coming around, coming around, coming around. Now I'm all the way off onto the right of my microphone. Here I am. Hello, hello. All right. So you heard that, right? Heard it. Locked it in. So now I'm going to turn 90 degrees. Is this the good way or bad way? This is what I believe to be the bad way. Okay. Now I am fully off on the left side of the microphone and I'm coming around, coming around, coming around, coming around, coming around. And now I am all the way off on the right side of my microphone. Dude, it's like night and day. Is it? No, it's not. I have no freaking clue. I have no clue, but I'm interested to listen back. Yeah. I'm interested to listen back to the audio and see if there is a difference. Now I'm going left and right because I'm convinced that that's better. Gotta now, do it. Now that I've heard about the double slit experiment. Even if it's not like objectively better, it's It'll better. It'll make me feel better. Yeah, yeah for sure. Huh. Great, Daniel. Yeah, huh. so th- all that to say, uh, yeah, I've been doing a lot of fishing, Daniel. It's a good little runaround. Yeah, oh, it's a good one. Are we going to talk about code or, or what? Let's not. We're at an hour and 10. No? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's 9.20 at night. Who wants to talk about code? Oh, that's true. Not me. Okay, dude. We, we okay, code dude. all week. We code all day. Now we, it's a weekend night. Is this the episode? Yeah, I think so. All right. It's been beautiful. Like it. I've enjoyed oh, yeah. it. it. It has sort of a late night vibe to it. For sure. Like, I, I don't know if the user can tell that I ate a big bowl of soup right before this. But I can tell. You can tell. I can tell. smell. It's like low energy, but I, I enjoy the low energy. And I hope that the user is chilling while they're listening to this. I hope the user is also eating a big bowl of soup. Get you a big bowl of soup. Hmm. Um. Since we mentioned it at the beginning and you probably forgot already, we want you to give money to this Nigerian kid so he can go to school because $800 is something that we are capable of as a community. So go Truth. check the Twitter and stuff. Truth. And the show notes. And the show notes. This Dude. has been another episode. GG, Caleb. GG. What's that? Good game. Good game. Good game. Good game, good game. bro. Good game. Good game. Good game. Good game. I've enjoyed um, it. 
yes me too daniel um uh the outro music is going to play when i say bom, bom, bom.